Welcome to Love Always Wins. My name is David Hazen, and this is the gist of my message. Humanity cannot thrive, let alone survive, as a species on this spaceship Earth in a state of confusion about the cause of violence and self-destruction, which is a profound feeling of disconnection from other people, themselves, nature, and spirit. There's a good book that describes this phenomena in my show notes, and it's called Lost Connections. Check it out. Last week, I shared a little bit about how I came to realize I'm a recovering violent person and how important it is to me that I'm not alone in my illness of violent thinking. Also, how returning to health is possible for everyone. This week, I want to detangle the addiction process so you can see where it begins and where it repeats again and again and again. Later on, I'll talk about the upward spiral of the recovery process. Now, I'm really excited to say that somebody sent me a question, which I've invited. My email is in the um, show notes. Bruce asked, how do we see through the suffering of others and the suffering we cause to an awareness of unity and cohesion, or as you call it, love? Well, there's a rational scientific explanation in the book titled Connected, also in the show notes, which explains how humanity's evolution is a group process for which we are all responsible. Yet, however, we can't intellectually see the entire path to do something we've never done before. Yet we can make the path by walking it. The path will be obvious only later when we look back. And so I've been thinking about how we have this vanity of a superior intellect that we can figure out anything. It's not really true. And we have many people who've suffered tremendous loss and are more able to admit that they don't have the answers and they keep going on trust in the middle of their grief. Now, what I see happening is that those losses are being experienced in a broad community right now across the whole planet. And what this brings into play is the potential for a global transformation of the culture of war to a culture of peace. Because as people give up their intellect, they start creating heart connections that spread like a benign virus throughout multiple networks of networks. Which brings me to the mention of another article in my show notes called Life Cycle of Emergence. Now it's the surrender of that intellectual vanity to the power of the love in our hearts that's transforming our problem-solving capabilities. There's a remarkable story written by Doug Carnine, also in the show notes, about a double murderer serving a life sentence developing a practice of kindness that not only profoundly changed his own life, but also those of other prisoners. So I'm going to stop talking about that and invite you again to send any comments or questions you may have. My email is posted in the show notes. 
I'm going to talk about the addiction cycle this week. In my recovery, I discovered that I have a common cycle with other addicts that starts from a trust no one decision, a decision I made very early in my life that made my first years, my first 40 years, extremely painful. It's that decision set me up for using chemicals, sex, food, work, and violent thinking, speech, and acts to numb my pain of utter isolation from other people, as well as the valuable information contained within my own feelings. Those addictive behaviors became suicide on the installment plan, a violation of my basic humanity, violence against myself, creating layer after layer of toxic shame and guilt. That kind of violation happens not only in individuals, but also in an entire culture. In that book, Connections, they talk about mass psychogenic illness. Remember that term. It's it's really applies to not only addiction but recovery. Because there's also mass psychogenic healing. Who knew? The map I drew of the addictive cycle is based on the stories I've heard others tell and self-observation of myself as I plunge into ever deeper levels of crisis. It always begins with low self-esteem, toxic shame, anxiety, and depression. What I've seen is that the underlying purpose of any addiction, any addictive behavior, is to restore stability and confidence when the thoughts of being unlovable and incapable become intolerable. But those behaviors are only temporary solutions. The basic needs for improved self-esteem and self-management skills, they're not met. It doesn't matter if our addictive behavior is using drugs, taking risk, overwork, overspending, overeating, or overindulgence in emotions such as anger, the precursor to violence. They all repeat the same addictive cycle. The addictive behaviors feel good because they temporarily get a person out of their head, out of their mind, out of their intolerable fears around situations that seem to be out of control and back into some reassurance that everything will be okay, especially themselves. So those behaviors are a strategy for getting out of one's rational analytical thought process that analysis paralysis. In order to become more body aware, emotionally aware, sometimes spiritually aware. What this is saying that any addict deep in their heart is a seeker of wisdom, truth, and love. They want answers that work, that are sustainable, but they're also sick with a behavior that continuously moves them further and further away from what it is they really want. All the energy and effort spent on conquering fear only makes fear worse. How does this end? Well, 
When the deceased person has experienced a great deal of isolation, multiple losses, and is in fear of dying, they and myself, this happened to me, uh, we're ready to accept help in spite of the social stigma attached to such vulnerability, being labeled an addict. Now this can be literally impossible because nothing is more frightening than the unknown. This is what keeps the cycle going. It is easier to live with the familiar, known, predictable, and quite ugly situations than to take a leap into the unknown. So as crisis after crisis proceeds and we're starting to grossly harm ourselves or others, society will step in and restrain us in the jail or mental hospital. Or on the other hand, we may just die either accidentally or by suicide as a form of covert self-restraint. So download the map of the addiction cycle listed in the show notes and take a look at it. I think this addiction cycle will start to look coherent to you. Next week, I'll look at how fully experiencing the grief of multiple losses is the medicine, the very thing we need to reverse the downward spiral of addiction into an upward spiral of recovery. Until then, take care of yourself. Bye.